0: The Baltimore Ravens have a lot of key decisions to make in the offseason, and a lot of it has to do with their salary cap situation. We talk about the truth behind it and a lot more coming up next year on this episode of Locked on Ravens. You are Locked on Ravens, your daily Baltimore Ravens podcast, part of the Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome to another edition of Locked On Ravens, your daily Baltimore Ravens podcast. I'm your host, Kevin Ostreicher of Ravens Wire, coming to you here from the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Thanks so much for being here on Locked On Ravens and making us a first listen each and every day. We're free and available on all podcasting platforms. That includes in video form on YouTube, where you can hit subscribe and that like button, also in audio form, wherever you get your podcast. five days a week here on Locked on Ravens, even in the offseason with no Ravens football. Today's episode of Locked on Ravens is brought to you by Fanduel. Make every moment more right now. New customers get $150 in bonus bills without a winning $5 bet. It's $150 if your bet wins. Visit FanDuel.com slash Locked on to get started. I know a lot of people are still stinging for, from that AFC championship loss. I know I am, but we have to move on. The Chiefs, they won the Super Bowl. They're back-to-back champions. The Ravens now have an opportunity this offseason season. To try to build their team up to dethrone Kansas City. And here to talk about the Ravens in their offseason, where they stand from a salary cap perspective, it's Brian McFarland, Ravens' salary cap of Russell Street Report, and obviously your, your go-to source, honestly, for Ravens' salary cap information. Brian, I appreciate you joining me again. It's been a while since we last talked, and as I was saying before we hopped on here, I wish it was under better Ravens' circumstances, but as I've kind of vowed here, I am moving on. I'm trying <laughs> right. to at least because it's, it's just so painful to think about that loss.
1: Yeah, for sure. Uh, this definitely seemed like the year. Uh, everything seemed to be working perfectly, really. Um, they definitely went in all in with their roster. They hit on some big, uh, low money free agents. Guys, they probably won't be able to get back for that cheaply this time. Unfortunately, you know, as they say, only one team is happy at the end of the year, and the other 31 uh, are in next season mode uh, much sooner, and here we go.
0: Yeah, it's a, it's a pivotal offseason, and in, in fact, Last offseason, Brian, we know how pivotal that one was with the Lamar situation and everything they had to do to build around him. And it felt like they couldn't really get into their offseason groove until he was signed because you had to kind of worry about, well, how's this contract going to affect Lamar? And what are we going to do with Lamar here? So at least that is done. And Lamar is under contract. But Eric Acosta had, I think, Brian, one of the best off seasons he's had. In fact, it had to be his best as the Ravens general manager with all the signings. And honestly, some of those draft picks, too, that he made. Really, the only big miss, I thought, was Rocky SC. And I think everything else worked out really well for him. Bunch of one-year deals with cheap contracts, guys stepping up and vastly outperforming. But obviously, now you get to this offseason, and those guys have earned more money and have paydays ahead of them. So in terms of the Ravens' salary cap situation, how much money do they currently have? Into you, just from a general perspective, which we'll break down throughout the show, are they in a good or a bad spot with where they are money-wise right now?
1: Yeah. So, I mean, right now they technically, because a lot of things haven't been added. So right now they have about seven, uh, but there's some things that are going to have to be added in. The incentives adjustment, they had a lot of incentives. They earned it, which is good because that means the guys played well. and And obviously that contributed towards a successful season, but now you have to deal with that. So that's going to be a little over 4 million, we're estimating. So uh, when you add those things in uh, the uh, exclusive right free agent tender as well, and that gets them down to about 3.6. So that's kind of the starting point. There's obviously going to be a lot that happens uh, from there. They're not in a terrible situation. uh, So I'm bordering on bad just because they're going to have to do uh, a lot of maneuvers and a lot of times when we talk about some of these maneuvers and we get into it, uh, you know, this restructure creates this space and this creates your, this uh, restructure or cut creates that space. Doesn't mean that money is available for free agency because there's a lot of other expenses involved uh, that teams have to be mindful of. So uh, we can probably get into that, too, as well. But yeah, so the starting point is three point six. And uh, between now and March 13th, uh, they've got a lot of a lot of work to do, especially if they're going to use the franchise tag.
0: Yeah, so let, let's dive headfirst first into that, because I think now with you with you saying all that, it's, oh, well, how are they going to get this money? How are they going to clear money to make moves to bring back their own? There are a couple contracts, Brian, that I have circled. Feels like Ty Bowser is probably not going to be back, and that saves them some money. And then you have some, so that one's pretty easy for me. But then you have a couple other maybe tougher decisions. Patrick Ricard, he would save you some money if you let him go. Morgan Moses as well. But the big one is Ronnie Stanley. And I think a lot of people are wondering about what the Ravens are going to do with Ronnie Stanley, whether it's a post June one thing or not. Now the dead money obviously lightens up after next season, but some people are saying, well, the performance hasn't been there. You need to get rid of them. Now is Ronnie Stanley, a guy that you're looking at is a post June one cut or that they could move off of and save money. And would that be worth it to you at this point in the offseason, worth with where Baltimore structure?
1: Yeah. I mean, but keep in mind with a post June one, um, release that money, which would be 15 million in his case. So it's a nice chunk of change. When you're looking to release guys, you don't want to release 15 guys or 15 guys at 1 million each to get that $15 million because that means you've got to replace 15 guys. So when you can get a guy that you can get that whole amount out of, it is something you have to take a look at. Uh, I th- I don't think they will do it pre June one uh, with a, with a, just a normal release. Uh, because that means you're taking a lot more this year. You're still creating about, about 8.3 off the top of my head. Um, so, I mean, that's not insubstantial, um, but they also, there's going to be an interplay here. Odell Beckham, if he does not sign an extension, is definitely going to be a post-June 1 release because they the the restructure they did with him back in January allowed them to avoid the acceleration of his void years this year. They'll still come in next year with the post June one release, but allows them to push that off another year and lessen the total amount hitting in this year, which would have been eleven otherwise. Which, not in, again, not as substantial, and that's that would be way more than he would have cost otherwise. So, so that was a good thing. He did them a solid, honestly, because there's really nothing in that contract to benefit him. Um, so, but it allows them to do the post June one. So, but you only get two of those. So, when you release, a, a, otherwise you have to wait to June one. So if you want to release them sooner uh, and you have to do that after the beginning of the league year, then you you can. But they only have two of those. So Beckham's one. Stanley would seemingly be the next candidate. My guess is they'll go to him first and try to work out some sort of pay cut arrangement where they can. They can they're not going to save 15 million in that case, but where they can save a decent amount of money and keep him around. You know, 22. He had a pretty decent season. We were all kind of shocked because he came back pretty well this year with a knee. It just seems like he was always banged up. I mean, there's still some quality there. He's never going to be all pro that he was back in, you know, 2019. But, um, you know, it's a question of how much is 15 worth it? Technically, there's no error apparent. I mean, is a, a solid replacement, but I don't know if you want him start starting 17 games as your left tackle, especially against some of the higher quality uh, edge rushers out there. So the 15 would not be available if, it, if they do that until after June 1. That amount would be enough to cover signing the rookie, signing the draft picks um, the, for the, the, the practice squad, the, Guys on injured reserve, the, the, you know that that all takes about you know twelve to fifteen to sixteen million. Um, so that would actually line up pretty well. They could spend to the cap until that point, and then have that sitting there uh, waiting for them. Once June six sec- June second hits, they would get that money. So um, so there is something to be said for that. Uh, I do think they'll try the you know the pay cut first. I don't think anybody's going to give him fifteen million in salary anywhere else. So that really gives them an option to do that. Uh, there's some other players that I that've been talked about. I don't think Stanley's getting 15 million. You know, next year 10 million between bonus and salary. So where's that line that the Ravens can present to say we'll give you this plus incentives to make it back? You can so that would hit next year's cap, um, and he could make it back. But um, but there is going to be a pay cut there. So if you don't get the whole 15, but you can get seven. And I don't know where that line is, obviously, you know, where they consider that line. But, uh, you you know, seven or eight is a pretty substantial, uh, you know, uh, reduction and you don't have to replace him and you don't have to worry about. And then maybe you can draft the heir apparent to have him be a backup for a year and be ready to go next year. So so that's where I think Stanley goes. I don't know where it will end up, but I think that's going to be the approach with him.
0: And it's a good point because I think you also have to, take into account, well, if you're getting rid of Stanley, it's not like he's the worst tackle in the in the league. No, so.
1: no, he's he's just not what he once was, and he's not probably worth 15 million in cash this year. Um, and now that's another factor. His he, he had the 15 million in cash is 11 million dollar salary and a four million dollar bonus, a roster bonus that is due the fifth day of the league year, so the 18th of March. He has to be cut before then, or he or they have to pay him the four million. You're not going to pay him the four million and cut him later. So, um, so that's that's a variable there as well. So that's something that uh, has to happen if they're going to use a post June one. It has to happen after the 13th, and that's going to happen before if they're going to do it. It's going to happen before the 18th of March.
0: Yeah. So a lot, a lot to think about with Ronnie Stanley, but also some of those other players that were mentioned a bit earlier, and in the second segment. We're going to be talking about some of those other players that could amount to smaller savings individually, but could add up in the long run. So be sure to stay tuned. A lot to get to here on Lockdown Ravens. First, the show is brought to you by FanDuel. Get bucket to their first bet on FanDuel, America's number one sportsbook, because right now, New customers get $150 in bonus bets, money-winning $5 bet, that's $150 if your bet wins. But on all your favorite NBA players and teams with quick bets, live same-game parlays, exclusive props, and more. Again, no NFL games, so NBA is in full swing, and I'm a big Nuggets guy. So with the Koliokic, you can bet over on FanDuel. You're going to be in pretty safe territory because – if you bet overs on Nikola Jokic or you put some parlays with Nikola Jokic in there, I bet you'll win some money on Fandle. Visit Fandle.com slash locked on and shoot your shot. Fandle Official Sportsbook Partner of the NBA. We're back, our second seventh locked on Ravens. Kevin Allstriker still here with Brian McFarland. And Brian, I think you know you have that 15 million if it comes post-June one. That's a big chunk of change. But there are some of those other players like Atias Bowser, Patrick Ricard, Morgan Moses, where they're not giving you 15 million each. But them combined could give you a decent amount of chunk maybe alongside the $15 million or alongside whatever they would get back from a pay cut or restructure with Ronnie Stanley based off of some of those other smaller contracts, maybe in the final years where they move off or there's room for restructure. Who are some guys you are looking at as players who are currently under contract now but might not be with the team next year?
1: Yeah, I mean, I think you mentioned pretty much the, the, the op- most obvious ones. I think Bowser's the easiest one. I no nobody seems to be sure what went on this year you know he missed a lot of time the year before too I think what did I calculate I think he only played in nine of of uh 30 uh, 34 games and not counting playoffs you know um over the regular just regular season games so um that's that's 5.5 million so that's not insubstantial there I think that's easy um Moses is probably tied to, I mean, Moses was solid. I mean, not spectacular, but solid. And, uh, you know, uh, uh, Moses is, a you know, uh, uh, just under $7 million as a cap number. That's not terrible at all for, for a starting right tackle. Uh, but there is $5.5 million in save, savings if he's not here also. So, but I think he's tied to Stanley. I don't think you're getting rid of both of your starting tackles. So if Stanley's definitely going, I think Mo- Moses uh, probably stays. If Stanley stays, then maybe Moses goes. And also depends on you know if they if they feel that Falelei is is ready to step in at right tackle. At least there's somebody in line there. I don't really think there's a left tackle in line behind Stanley at this point. Um, so so that I think that I, I think those are tied together. And Pat Ricard's going to be an interesting one. Um, his snaps went down pretty substantially this year. So a lot of that is going to have to do with with how they see, what they see his role to be in going forward in Munkin's offense, with likely um, really taking off again and, and Andrew's coming back healthy and having Kohler as a tight end, per se, uh, he's not as uh, necessary. And then it's just a question of can you find a, a cheap, cheaper, you know, fullback who's the bat, you know, the battering ram, kind of like they found him, you know, the cheaper battering ram uh, fullback that you don't have to pay as much money. I mean, Ricard is 4 million in savings. So again, not insubstantial, though uh, he, in in the last year of his deal, he could be a guy, I mean, there's not a huge market. So that's another guy you go to and say, look, let's get an extension done. Let's add two years to this. I don't think it'd be a pay cut per se, but let's add two years to this. Um, you know, we can almost bump your salary up a little bit. I mean, he came back last year after the market did not turn out to be what he had, uh, what he thought, if I say last year, last time, but, uh, the last contract, if you can save two of the four and keep them around, I think that's a win.
0: And to me, th- those guys all give you some level of savings, but kind of, what we talked about earlier, Brian, where you have to be sure you can get somebody else in that can do their job, even if it's just a tad bit drop off or the same amount, or hopefully it'd be better, but in terms of how much money you think Baltimore will have just a, a general projection number with all the moves and your predictions, do you think once they get everything ready to go for the off season and for agency, they'll have maybe 20 million, 30 million, 40 million to work with? Yeah. I mean, I'll, they're not going to have 40 million um, bec-
1: <laughs> because of other expenses. Right. Um, you know, that's, and that's part of the, and I love over the cap. It's a great site, easy to navigate, but you a lot of people don't look you cut a guy, you got to replace him. So there's there's an offset right there. And so you, if you're getting fifteen million from Stanley, well, somebody's replacing him. So it's really more like uh 13, you know, 1375, something like that. So right there, you've already cut into it. Um, so um, yeah, I mean, and the other big other big variable is can they get an extension done with Metabica? That first year cap number will fall in the six, seven, eight million dollar range, probably if they can't the tag is going to be 20 million ish. So obviously that means creating a lot more space. So they'll be able to, they'll they'll certainly be able to accommodate that. Um, But the drawback there um, is, is what you do after that, because if if you have to keep them on the tag uh, all year, or you keep them on the tag till, and you figure something out before the July 15th deadline, you still, you probably are out of, free agency so but you know it takes two to tango and you know you never know how players going to react to being franchise tagged and things like that so those are all factors so ideally getting a you know a, a deal done uh before the beginning of the league year would be I'm you know, obviously you know they, the ravens kind of sat out last year up until lamar got signed i mean beckham was really the own, only real big i mean they had a couple of small re-signings but that's going to be the factor and you know between Um, I mean, if you figure the Bowser's gone, so that's 3.5, uh, they're going to restructure Lamar. That's 11. I mean, that's easy. It's early in his contract. It's no, really no harm, no foul there, so to speak. And he's going to be your quarterback no matter what. So, and there's going to be extensions down the line. So that's going to level things out. Um, so, you know, so right there you're, you know, you're, you're at 16.5, a small adjustment here gets you to 20 and gets you gets Matt um, a tag, you know, uh, enough space for the tag, then it's just a matter of, again, can you get him resigned? And now you've got, you've got 12 or 13 to deal with again, if we're f- kind of figuring that the 15 for Stanley is going to be sitting there in June. Um, so we don't have to worry about those future expenses, you know, then you've got some other options. Um, you know, um, now he's been hurt the last two years, but, um, Mark restructuring Marcus Williams, will get you a little over 7 million in uh, cap savings. Um, Marlon Humphrey be close to eight, but coming off injury, he, you know, he's, he's either now 30, I think he'll be 30 this year sometime this season or sometime this calendar year. Um, so, and they've restructured him a bunch. That's kind of why Stanley's contract looks very ugly is cause they've restructured so often. So, um, Roquan Smith, you can get about three and a half Andrews you get five. So there's options there for restructures as well. Um, that they can create space, uh, but they're never gonna have forty million to spend. <laughs> you know, it's just not gonna happen.
0: Yeah, it was, it was a pipe dream to begin with. And yeah, yeah I, I know that for the Ravens, there are all types of questions. One about Matty Bike in particular. Yeah, you know, Ronnie Stanley, he's twenty nine now. Humphrey, twenty seven. So those guys are both. You know, you're looking at huge money contracts. Those guys both signed. Which, I mean, Humphrey, there's you mentioned it. There's no way that, that it's just not worth it any single way. But Stanley's gonna be one to monitor but the Matabique question is interesting to me Brian because the the salary cap with the franchise typeer jacket is what is it 20.9 million for defensive linemen or something around that yeah, number Yeah right around that yeah I think that he cleared maybe 25 million annually in terms of how good he was with everything I mean the interior pass rush the contract year I'm not sure Matabike if he's franchise. I can you have you have time to work out the extension. It's not like you your franchise tag and you're, and you're locked in for a year. But if they can't get an extension done, I, I don't know what it would. Because you talked about how well certain players react different ways to being franchise tagged. I'm not sure he plays on it.
1: I, I players always play on the tag. I, I mean that's <laughs> that's always oh uh, you know I mean he now he may not show up till you know after the last preseason game. Um, because he's not under contract, so he can't be, he's not, can't be fined or anything like that. He's not, a, he's not a holdout because he's not technically under contract. Um, but I, you know, we hear that, I mean, you know, we heard that about Lamar, Lamar wasn't going to play, you know, I mean, he, he's not, I mean, Matt Abike as a second round pick made what $5 million over now he's looking at making 24 times that in one year. He, he's not, he, I, you know, I find that highly doubtful. Um, I mean, I think only two players, if I remember correctly, uh, Le'Veon Bell sat out a year. And defensive tackle, his name is escaping me. He sat out for a year and then got traded to Carolina the following year. So never say never, obviously. Um, but uh, I, I doubt that would happen. Um, and now that it also depends on how the market plays out, too. There's Chris Jones. There's Wilkins in Miami. Um, there's DJ Reader. Uh, all free agents, all interior guys, um, if they're all on the market, it changes things, I think, because, it, you know, obviously it reduces the, the suitors because they're going to sign somewhere and that's less teams uh, out there fighting for your guy. Um, so these are all things they're going to have to think about, uh, you know, I'm not saying he's not going to get paid handsomely. I certainly think he is. Um, and where that falls in the 20 to 25 range, you know, who knows? I just I don't think they're going to let him out of the building. I really don't think so. One way or another, I think he's going to be here.
0: Yeah, they shouldn't. And you make good points. I'll I'll rephrase. I'll fit. I'll say that he might not be happy about getting. No,
1: ready. oh, he's definitely not going to be happy. But again, you know, you're making. I mean, it's, you know, that's like I said, it's four times what he's made over right. his career. Um, that's that's not insubstantial in any way, shape, or form. You know, it's hard to turn down and say, I'm just going to plus because and then and then you're right back here next year. Right. Right, you know, you're right back here next year, so um, that was the thing when people were talking about Lamar's going to sit out. You know, I didn't didn't see that happening. (laughs)
0: Yeah, it's it's the players want the long term financial stability.
1: Yeah, absolutely. In
0: In terms of the dollar amount, of course, with it being averaged of the top five guys. You're still going to get paid a lot of money when it comes down to it. But other guys, not named Justin Manabeke, are also going to get paid who are current Ravens pending free agents. And coming up, we'll be talking about some of those guys who might come back, who might not. And if there may be any room for a trade here or there this autism for Baltimore, stay tuned. Plenty to talk about on this episode of Lockdown Ravens. First, this episode is brought to you by eBay Motors. Passion, drive, and patience. What brings home the winning trophy is also what keeps your ride or die alive. eBay Motors is everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level up the peak performance from superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED headlights, and more. Whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has got you covered. Love for 120 million parts for number one ride or die. You'll always find exactly what you're looking for. With eBay guaranteed fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. to eBay Motors burn burning rubber, not cash, all the parts you need. If the prices you want, it's easy to turn your car into the MVP and bring home that win. Keep around to dial-up at Also, as well as, you just apply, EB will be going to only with customers. We're back here with Brian McFarland. I am Kevin Ostriker as we're rounding out this midweek edition of Locked On Ravens, talking salary cap, early off-season preview. And, Brian, moving away from Justin Matabike a little bit, I call him the big three. It's Justin Matabike, Patrick Queen, and Geno Stone. Those are the three guys, and there are plenty of talented players, but I feel like those three are the ones that are getting the most attention on the defensive side of the ball. Now, for Patrick Queen, we know the Ravens paid Roquan Smith, that very handsome contract, last year, $100 million. And Queen has earned every penny of whatever deal he's going to get, but the question is, can you justify paying two inside linebackers? Queen's probably, I don't know exactly what the dollar amount's going to be, anywhere from sixty-five. 85, whatever that money's going to be. And then Geno Stone has filled in really well for Marcus Williams these past two years with injury and he's earned money and probably a starting role somewhere, which in Baltimore, he's the third safety behind both Williams and Kyle Hamilton Is there any shot that either of those guys are back in Ravens uniform next year? Are you, are you already saying goodbye to those?
1: Yeah. I mean, I mean, you never, again, you never say never. I've learned that over the years doing this, but I would be highly surprised. Um, It does sound like they made in uh, when they, um, when they re-signed Michael Pierce in late December uh, did, there was some cryptic um, things about my value and this and that. And, so I think it does sound like they made an effort to to try to get those guys, but obviously at their number, not at what the players were hoping for, expecting for, what their agents were telling them they're going to get on the market. So I would think Stone's more likely to come back, um, just because it's not going to be as big of a deal. And who knows? I don't think this is going to happen. But if the market doesn't turn out to be what he was expecting, um, you know, he was very he's very comfortable here. Um, he, he while he's not going to be. They're safe with just three starters in a way. I mean, I, you know, and he, you know, so um, and he played well. But you know, so I, you know, I think they'd like to have all both of them back, obviously. But you're gonna have to pick and choose, especially with a tight cat. Stone would probably be the one I think that's more likely to come back. As you said, I I don't see paying, you know, twenty million a year for both of your inside linebackers. They drafted Trenton Smith last year uh, to be the heir apparent. Uh, he obviously, at least until that, that Steeler game at the end of the year, he didn't get a lot of playing time, but I mean, that was a pretty promising uh, debut if you want to call it that a starting debut, maybe. Um, right. So, um, you know, so I think that's, I think that, you know, the, the writing's on the wall there, unless somehow his market comes in at 14 instead of 20. And I, again, I don't see that happening, but uh, you know, sometimes then players are like, well, that's what they offered me before, before at the end of the year and I, and I turned it down, but you know, now that I, if I can get 14 somewhere else, I'd rather get 14, go back to Baltimore and have the 14 there. So, but yeah, I think, I think they're both gone, but again, stone's probably the one if there's more of a chance, it's not a lot, but if there's more of a chance, it's there.
0: Right. And speaking of Patrick queen, obviously the Ravens are in this situation because they declined his fifth year option. They made that decision and a quick detour, Brian, before I get back into some of the Ravens, other free agents, is two guys who have their fifth year options up this year. So, Rashad Bateman and Adafi Owe. Now I'm doing this off the top of my head, but if I'm not mistaken, Rashad Bateman is $13.8 million dollars with the fifth year because he is on the both of them are on the basic plan in terms of incentives based in they can earn a specific amount of money for Pro Bowls and all pros and what and mm-hmm. be, but they're both on the basic plan. Bateman's 13.8 and Adafi Owe is, I believe, 12.2. So those guys both really intriguing in terms of what the Ravens will and honestly should do with those positions for you with those values and what it would mean for next year with those cap numbers. Are you accepting or declining those options with what we've seen from both of those guys so far? Uh,
1: I think you have to decline Bateman's. It just hasn't been enough there. Um, while he does get open, he and Lamar don't seem to often be on the same page. And then sometimes when Lamar does throw his way, Bateman goes the wrong way, uh, or they're they're not on the same page. So I think um it just hasn't been enough. And I know he's been hurt some too, but I just don't think there's been enough performance there to risk that. Um Owe had a, a solid year this year. I mean, there was injuries there too. Uh, I think he's probably and I know the Ravens history with wide receivers. So when I say this, but I think always probably at a more premium position for them, um, especially because we don't know what's going to, uh, you know, whether we bring either of the veteran outside Ed, edges back or they draft another one. Uh, it is a little slightly lesser amount. Um, so and I, so I think I think there's a good chance they'll pick his up and and decline and a much, much greater chance of to decline Bateman. And I love Bateman. I want him back here. I want, you know, now maybe, and I don't think they will, but, I mean, I, at that point, if you're declined, I'm not sure why a player would say, well, I'll sign an extension. I think Bateman will want to hang around and, you know, try to put up, you know, have a big year, that big contract year just like Queen did. And and he's, he's you know, obviously he's, he's just seen it happen. Um, and, you know, bet on himself and then, you know, Then hit the market like Queen's about to, and you know, and hit that top of the market, hit top more top of the market numbers.
0: Right. That's what I have. I have it as them picking up away and declining Bateman. But again, that doesn't mean if they decline Bateman that, you know, that's it for him and, and there's nothing there. You mentioned there's the potential. We've seen him get open, but this hasn't translated to on-field success and production as much as I think people have expected and wanted it to be for him. But you talked about those other edge guys, Calvin, Noyan, and Clowney. I mean, what steals? <laughs> Clowney comes in as a guy that, literally two or three weeks before the season starts van Noy was on his couch until about week three and they both have nine plus sacks on the season and obviously with that i think their combined cap hits i can't remember the exact number but i think it was around three or so million if i'm not mistaken i'm, I'm not exactly sure but it was not a lot of money and those guys yeah. are in line for big raises this off season so you do you think that maybe one of them comes back or maybe there's an opportunity for both to come back if the price is right. But again, I do think it all depends on, well, is the team going to go out there and give a clown year of Noy 8 million annually, 10 million annually based off the year they had last year?
1: Yeah, I I think, um, I mean, there's, there's, there's certainly that factor. And then for the Ravens, there's the factor you, you just got a career year out of a 30 plus, you know um, uh, edge, honestly, you know, neither of them had years really that close to that. I mean, I guess Clowney had a couple, but um, Van Noy wasn't really close to those numbers in the past. I think most he had was like six and a half or five and a half or six something in that range. So, um, I mean, I think they, I mean, I think they need to have a veteran back. I mean, right now, I mean, you can't count on a Jabo. So I think they'd like now, but you know, they've done this before they, you know, they did it with Justin Houston. They did it with. I've um, been with the Giants and the uh, and Tampa last year. Uh, they brought him in in mid-season also, and he played reasonably well. Uh, Pierre uh, Paul, Jason Pierre Paul, yeah, yeah, Jason Pierre Paul. So they don't seem to mind to wait on those guys. So I don't. Uh, if the, either of them come back, it's not going to be in March or April. It's probably going to be in you know June or July, and it, that may be when the, the Stanley money opens up. And, you know, here, if that if it plays out that way and now we've got some extra uh, money to go and do that. So um, I would guess that um Clowney's going to get more than probably a one year deal. It's not going to be a five year deal, but maybe a two, two to three year deal. Um, so I would think he's less likely to return. I think Van Noy, even though he's older, um, I, I think he's probably the one who's more likely to return. And he's going to be cheaper. Perfect perfect answer. I mean, even after Justin Houston had a great year with the Ravens, he still really only got three to four, maybe five million on the, you know, so it wasn't, um, you know, it wasn't a, it still wasn't a big deal after getting nine. And I think he had nine and a half sacks. um, Although six of them were in like the first three games or something. That's an exaggeration. It was real early in the year. And then it was not much after that. So, uh, so I think Van Nuys probably the more likely to come back.
0: Yeah, I, I would agree with you. And it's interesting because with what Baltimore has done with guys, because Clowney and Vin Noy, there a lot of outside signings hit for Baltimore this year, but they also, and we've seen their franchise history, especially recently, where they like to get some of their guys under contract before their rookie deals are up to team-friendly extensions. We've seen it. I mean, they did it with Ricard. They did it with Tavon Young, Nick Boyle, and the list goes on and on and on. But they tried to do it with Matabike. The reports came out, and obviously Matabike said, I'm going to bet on myself here. One guy that I would have signed to an extension yesterday, Brian, is Brandon Stevens, someone who obviously stepped up in a huge way. Now, obviously, there is a factor of him saying, if the Ravens have maybe already approached him, and he's saying, no, I know the year I just had, I'm going to bet on myself and see what I can get as a free agent next year. But to me, I mean, if, if I'm the Ravens and you haven't approached him, I mean, I think you have to.
1: Yeah, and I, I i think they will if they haven't yet. Um, but that's often extending guys like that because he's actually gonna cost them more than what he's counting against the tag, or against the cap this year. So um so the that's not that's not a move to create cap space. That's a move to secure your player for the future. So but those kind of deals usually come after the first rush of free agency and maybe the second rush those those kind of deals often come in april and may um is there, obviously it's they're kind of we'll get we'll get to that We're, you know we want it's just one of those checking in with he and his agent hey look we want to get an extension with you we got to get through our first you know our, the first um round of free agency here and, and you know see where we are you get mad signed, sign that that creates a lot more space to be able to to go and, and sign and resign a guy like steven so um so that I think that's something they will try that Costa has certainly uh, more than certainly more than Ozzy did, ha, has really pushed to do those kind of deals. Um, so I would I would think that's something they will certainly pursue, whether it happens or not. I guess, you know, we'll obviously, again, I guess Stevens is like, I want to, you know, I want to do I want to ball out again. And I'm going to be not just a top of the market guy, but the top of the market guy, you know.
0: Yeah, and we know how valuable corner is. I mean, Eric DeCosta found value out of Ronald Darby, Arthur Millette. So all, all the list just goes on. I mean, Kevin Zeitler reportedly in talks with the team, obviously nothing official yet, but maybe something happens there. But another position, Brian, is running back. I think it's another one where you got to look at it. And there are so many different outcomes that could happen here because Justice Hills on the last year of his two year six million dollar contract. Keaton Mitchell's probably gonna miss some of the year with his injury. So then you have to wonder, with Gus Edwards being a free agent and J.K. Dobbins being a free agent and Dalvin Cook being a free agent, where the Ravens go with that and what the value for Gus Edwards and J.K. Dobbins actually is. And then you hear the rumblings about, well, Derrick Henry and Saquon Barkley and Josh Jacobs are those guys that could potentially be. I think Derrick Henry has been the one that everybody's kind of looking at. So do you think, Brian, that the Ravens will just kind of go back to all reliable, bring back Gus Edwards, maybe give JK a one-year prove-it deal? Or would it make sense for you if the Ravens went all in and tried to get one of those top backs on the market?
1: Yeah, I mean, again, it, it, Matabike is the, you know, like, like Lamar was last year, getting Matabike done is because that gives him just a lot more leeway to, to go do more of a splash kind of thing. My sense is Dobbins will want a fresh start i could see him going on a you know one-year prove it deal with incentives but i I just have a feeling that's going to be elsewhere uh gus i'm not sure about gus because he did not even though he had all the touchdowns his his yards per carry came down almost a yard so that i i'm not sure I, i i kind of feel like dalvin cook's the one who might be the one of the three which would be the least likely to come back in a way but i almost feel like he's the one that's got the bigger chance to come back uh, just because it's not going to be, I mean, he had a bad year with the Jets and you can blame it on the Jets perhaps, but, um, you know, he, he got to look at the culture here and I think they're going to draft somebody. I think, you know, it stinks to be a you know running back, but l- let's face it, it's, you know, grind him out for four years and then, you know, move on. So, I mean, Henry's getting older, you know, maybe on a two-year deal, it's nowhere near what he was paid annually the last couple years. Uh, his his stats have declined as well. Two thousand yard rusher, and a lot of times they're not the same. I mean, we saw it with Jamal. For whatever reason, they they never get back to that peak. But and obviously getting back to two thousands, you know, pretty impressive. That's hard to do. But even get to get back to 1,700 yards. Um, so I, I don't know. I mean, I think Jacobs is probably too expensive. Uh, Barkley, I'm not sure he's right the right fit. I just feel like running backs kind of a luxury. And they'll try to piece that together with a rookie and and maybe a, a you know a guy a guy like Hook and then with Hill and then and when Mitchell comes back hopefully by midseason. Yeah,
0: and, and well, that's what it's going to have to be with a Lamar big contract like Lamar's. You're going to have to figure out the, the moves around the margins. They did a great job of it last year, but what it's going to be moving forward. But Brian, I appreciate your time. Thanks so much for hopping on. Please tell people where they can find you and what you're working on here.
1: Sure. So uh, I'm on Twitter at Raven Salary Cap. Anytime any kind of moves happen, we try to break them down as quickly as we get numbers to do so. Uh, My articles are on Russell Street Report uh, just Monday, uh, yesterday. Uh, My big uh, preseason preview came out. It's long. uh, It's involved, but it pretty much covers every topic uh, that the Ravens will face going forward. I'm generally not one to say, okay, this is going to happen. Uh, I kind of put the numbers out there and let fans kind of have fun with it and decide what they want to do and, you know, where they want to allocate the money. Uh, But that really lays out what the money is going to look like between now and honestly, September one or whatever, you know, whenever the, whatever the date of the first game is.
0: Check out Brian's work. The link will be in the description below to everything. He does great work, and he is your go-to for Ravens salary cap information. Brian, I appreciate your time again. That's all I have for you here today on Locked On Ravens. Coming up tomorrow here on the show, more Ravens content. Stay tuned for that. I'll see you right back here tomorrow on Locked On.